I want to focus on an account of what God did back in 1949 and 1950 in the Isle of Lewis. Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 64. Isaiah 64. <clears throat> we had the unique privilege by the Lord of being introduced to a testimony of a man by the name of Duncan Campbell. That was back in 1979. We were in our church in Toronto at that time, and a retired Baptist pastor who was a member in our church by the name of Bert Oatley Willis introduced us to this testimony, and it was on a tape. As we began to listen to that testimony and story in our prayer meetings, we heard the, the account of a man who was a minister and who was a part of a faith mission in Scotland. He was invited by some elders in the Isle of Lewis, which is off the northwest coast of Scotland, to come there for a two-week gospel campaign. Well, Mr. Campbell was very booked up at that time. And he said, it's not possible that I'll be able to come. You'll have to try sometime later. What Mr. Campbell did not know at that time was that there were two elderly ladies who had been praying for God to move in their churches in the Isle of Lewis in a mighty way. And the Lord had directed them to inform the local minister that Duncan Campbell was the man who was supposed to come for this gospel campaign. And Mr. Campbell said, I cannot come. And the old lady said, you'd better go back and tell Mr. Campbell because he does not know the will of the Lord yet for him. They had a holy boldness, which we kind of admire and maybe smile at. If some of you have known anything about that testimony of what happened. Duncan Campbell agreed to come, cancel the other meetings that he had, and he went to the Isle of Lewis for a two-week meeting and ended up staying there for two years. God was at work. Now, as we were able to listen to that testimony through of what God did at that time, moving in the hearts of people, moving in the hearts of ministers and elders. There had been a problem in the church in Lewis. They had seen no substantial moving of God's spirit in their church for many, many years. They complained that the teenagers were more interested in going to the dance, going to parties, than they were in coming to the house of God. Maybe that resonates with some of us today, as we do see young people more interested in the things of the world than in coming to the house of God. So in 1979, when we finished listening to those, the Lord began to work in our hearts and gave us a burden to pray for revival. 
The year was then 1982, and we had an opportunity to go from Canada over to Northern Ireland to visit. And we wanted also to take a journey and a trip to the Isle of Lewis to see if there was any residual effects from that revival story that we had heard so much about. We took with us also another man, Reverend James McClelland, and he was interested also in hearing any news about it, though he was skeptical that there was really anything left over of the impact of that move of God in 1949 and 1950 in the Isle of Lewis. Well, we arrived there, and it is a rugged terrain, the Isle of Lewis. And when we went there, God went in front of us to open up some unusual doors. One of the main characters that came to light in this account was a man known as the Piper. He was a piper in a band, and his name was William Smith. God gloriously saved William Smith as he was scheduled to play at a certain band on a certain evening. And when he went to go there, the Lord's Spirit had been at work. People had been praying. Meetings had already been taking place on the island that were evidenced by God's great presence. Churches were being filled. Meetings were being held. As they closed meetings, they found that whole communities were gathering outside of the church. The Lord's Spirit was at work in answer to prayer. And this one man who was heading to this particular band and dance that night, God stopped him, transformed his life, changed him radically. And his testimony was a very bright one of what the Lord was doing in that island at that time. Back in 1982, on our journey and trip over there, we were directed to go to the house of a man who might be able to help us find some information about the revival and what took place. That very first door of that house that we went to, we went in not knowing where we were going, not knowing who we were speaking to. That man and his dear wife invited us into their small parlor and were very hospitable to the five of us who just landed on their doorstep, unannounced, uninvited, and they brought us in and showed us gospel hospitality. And as he began to share with us the account of the revival, immediately his face glowed with the presence and the excitement of what had happened to him. And as he began to tell us the story and the account, we realized that we were in the home of William Smith. God 
blessed us to be brought into the presence of that man to hear his testimony of what the Lord had been doing in his life. As it turned out, we found that Dr. Bert Oatley Willis, the man that had introduced us initially to the old testimony of Duncan Campbell, the minister that God used in that revival, we found out that Duncan Campbell had visited his church in Kenora, Ontario, and had preached there some years after the revival of 1949 and 1950. The Lord moved in a mighty way. And it all began, it seems, by two elderly, senior, God-fearing ladies who began to cry unto God for a moving of his spirit and a reviving of his church and his people. Of course, those ladies had passed away, but Duncan Campbell and the testimony that he gave and the young people that were converted during that revival, many of them lived to tell the story. And James McClellan, Reverend McClellan, who was with us on that initial trip, he went back another time later and he was able to interview and record the testimonies that had never been done before of people whom the Lord had saved in that in that revival. The name of a video that was produced is called Wind of the Spirit. And I have copies of that because we were instrumental in helping to see that thing produced of the testimonies of people whom God used. And if anyone is interested in getting a copy of that, we could probably make that available to you. But I, I just share that with you today because it was so meaningful for me and for my wife and for those who went with us to go back to a place to see what God had done. Because we'd heard about revival. We had read about it. We'd certainly read about that particular one that God had done. And one of the main verses of scripture that was used by the Lord and a prayer that was prayed is found in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 1. Oh, that thou would rend the heavens, that thou would come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. And as the believers in Lewis prayed over this scripture, they prayed for God to once more come down in a mighty, manifested way, that the mountains of opposition, the mountains of sin, the mountains of unbelief, the mountains of skepticism would all flow down and melt away at the presence of the God of heaven, of the moving of the Holy Spirit, of the presence of Jesus Christ among his people. And my dear brothers and sisters, as we come today 
to seek the Lord. Let this prayer and this verse of scripture be in our hearts and on our minds. And let us pray again with earnestness in our day that God would move and would come down and see all the armies and satanic oppositions and those who are angry against the gospel of Christ and all of the wicked forces of immorality and the abuses going on today, many of those things would be neutralized because of the power of God working among his people and the blessing being poured out upon his church today. Do we believe that God is able to bring and to revive his church again? I certainly believe it. I pray to that end. I pray that we will experience and understand a daily reviving of the Spirit of God. And, and what is that when we pray that prayer? What does that mean? Well, I believe, friends, it means that we will come to a very much close awareness of the Spirit of God working through our hearts, working in our lives, walking daily with Christ, knowing the fulfillment of the prayer that Jesus said for his disciples, men ought always to pray and women and not to faint, and that we would know his power to witness in our lives, that preachers with no power in the ministry of the gospel of Christ, that we would not be limited by timidity and humanistic reasoning and power, but we would know the Spirit's moving, that unction from heaven, that fresh oil anointing the ministry of the word of God on his day, and every time the word is opened. So may God encourage our hearts this very day, my brothers and sisters, that we would see God moving. May the Lord bless his word and this account to you today, for Jesus' sake.